For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica, so... If that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. Oh, man, I'm still so new to this freaking StreamYard stuff. But I got the amazing, powerful Dave Casey with me uh, here today. We met here at the uh, LPPA convention. I'm very excited to finally get a chance to talk to him. How you doing, dude? Dude, I'm doing great. And it was great to meet you at the convention, man. Mm-hmm. You had all the energy. Yeah, yeah, that's... uh. After a couple shots of whiskey, that normally kind of happens to me. I, I come alive a little bit more. That was the, I think maybe one of the first things you said, dude, great to meet you. Let's get a shot of whiskey. That was like, yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, you, that... you made that happen before I left Williamsport. So yeah. Yeah. Cheers. That's that, that's typically how most people remember me uh, it, from beyond just uh, podcasting, but also, you know, when it comes to the music sphere, the uh, camera angle doesn't quite permit for all the guitars and everything. But uh, yeah, typically my thing is when I go to big music festivals is, uh, you know, I carry a ball of crown with me and everyone I meet, um, they get my STDs and they get a shot of crown. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't want to go <laughs> hang out with that guy? Who doesn't want to hang the shot guy? Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I try to be that Bring guy. Bring the vibes with you, yeah, it's great. Yeah, man, you know, we're at a libertarian convention, everyone's beating their head off the fucking wall, and you hate your life, and then right. it's time to wind down. Yeah. Uh-oh. Froze up a little bit. Dude, let's fucking party. We good? Yep, good now. Oh, I hate my internet. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, yeah but... Yeah, we... we um. I think all the energy was with us at the uh, LPPA convention. I mean, it was a uh, it was a good freaking time. Yeah, dude, that was crazy. Nice precursor to Reno. I think I I hope that's the trend. You know. Um, yeah. Overwhelming force. Just you know. Yeah, it was great, and the vibe was good too. Like with the people, obviously, we had a good time. It was great to meet everybody, but like, yeah, the the job got done in PA. So that's awesome. Yeah, and it seemed like some people walked out, but um, you know, I don't think it was anybody that's really going to be sorely missed. No, nah, definitely not. <laughs> Will McVeigh, he walked right out. I should have got that on tape. I can't believe I blew it. He was like eight rows ahead of me. I should have been there the whole time. Like, yeah, well, well, you know what? Someone said he was here or there, and I'd never seen him before. And they said, oh, well, he looks like some dude that's on drugs. And when I finally <laughs> recognized him, I'm like, oh. Yeah, I guess I guess that they're right. guy does look like a fucking transient on drugs. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, I just smoke some drugs, by the way. I'm not no, no, I'm not shitting on anybody who does drugs. I just oh, dude, I listen. Yeah. I, I drink caffeine every morning, and I you know pour shots down people's throats. Other than that, I'm 
I guess I'm kind of lame in that regard. Some people might <laughs> accuse me of doing performance enhancing drugs, but I've declined every single time I've been offered. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get some, get, take some of those for a test drive, bro. See what it's like. Who knows? Yeah, I Mark mean, wire style. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what they yeah. said about Barry Bonds? His head blew up, right? It's, it's oh, something like that. Yeah. We don't need that kind of aggravation. <laughs> nah, nah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, dude, what um, what kind of got you involved in the libertarian movement? Because I, I know you're probably a couple years older than me. Yes. Uh, I, I know you carry your age well. Thanks, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not going to carry it as well as you. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what kind of got you into the uh, libertarian movement? And then um, I guess kind of tailor that into um, what got you more involved in the libertarian party as well? Yeah, so um, I guess you could say like I come from the left. I, that's probably fair to say, you know, like in my day, the daily show was the shit and, uh, George Bush was president. So like anything that wasn't that was looking pretty appealing. Uh, I voted for Ralph Nader the first time I could vote, uh, in 2000. And so, yeah, I've been like called the spoiler for like the better part of 20 years, just spoiling elections. Um, but I voted for Ralph Nader because he struck me as just the guy who was telling the truth. You know what I mean? These other two stuff suits are not telling the truth. I'm like, whatever, 18 years old or something, 19 years old. I don't know. But, uh, I knew that. And I knew he was talking about the man, you know, like just keeping the little guy down. Like that was kind of the message. Um, like, you know, it's a populist message. Bernie rocked it. Trump rocked it. Um, Ron Paul is a libertarian populist in my view. Um, so I think that's a winning message. You know, if you, if you can tap into like regular people, and, um, you know, he was wrong on some things, obviously economics and stuff, you know, like that was years and years later before I would even come into contact with that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, the, the idea that like you are being, you're under the boot of the system or the man or Goliath or whatever it is, you know, um, that was like instilled in me early on and being anti-war was like my, I, just for, I don't know what the thing was, but just like, it just struck me as like oh yeah you can't murder people like you can you know obviously young kid people would just say that's naive or whatever but like i don't know that should be everyone's number one thing it's weird to me at my age that it's not like the left isn't even that's so far in the rear view um so it's weird that they but they do that through propaganda takes you know a generation or so of just constant a barrage of this, this shit and, you know, fear of the other and all kinds of things, highly sophisticated, you know, techniques, right? MK ultra is real shit. It's everywhere around you. Um, anyway, but yeah. Um, so I guess, you know, being anti-war was the big thing early on questioning authority early on. And then, um, yeah, like once you start to ask questions and then you're introduced to Ron Paul, and he hips you to things like the Federal Reserve that you'd never heard of in school. You never heard, you know, that was whatever. I can't even remember how I was in my 20s before I ever even heard what that was. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that was cool for me. Like, oh, you can put a, you can put faces and names and like to the to the problems that are ailing us. And uh, yeah. so that was big, man. But yeah, Ron Paul, I know that's a similar story for a lot of people. Um, but that was definitely the. Uh, the entryway into libertarianism um the party yeah different story but i did vote for gary johnson in 2012 voted for him in 2016 joe jorgensen in 2020 but at a certain point dude if you want it done right you gotta step the fuck up and you gotta participate to get what you want because 
I don't know. Anything less than that, just accept, you know, just, I don't know. Waiting for mm-hmm. four years to get something done by other people is just, it's not acceptable. Right. Well, you know, it's funny that you brought up the anti-war point first. Um, for me, that was actually one of the uh, last things that I kind of came to, which is kind of weird because I always considered myself a libertarian. And when my brother introduced me to the philosophy of anarcho-capitalism, it was very attractive to me. And I immediately kind of dived down the rabbit hole and learned about the philosophy and considered myself an, an anarcho-capitalist. But the propaganda, as you mentioned, was beaten so deep into my brain about they hate us for our freedoms, right? And mm-hmm. I believed that shit up until about probably three years ago, but I considered myself a libertarian for probably like six, seven years prior. But I thought, okay, well, you know, we just have to do these wars because these people hate us and they're going to take away our freedoms and it's good to have closed borders and shit like this. And the the border debate seems to end up with a lot of people talking past each other because I think everybody agrees it should just be a private property issue. But, you know, that once again, that's kind of neither here nor there. And we're not really down to the point of where we can worry about that necessarily. You, you kind of catch my drift. Like, we're not talking about private borders anytime within our reality. But um, it, this stuff was so ingrained in me. And then I started listening to um, Dave Smith, actually, through Spike Cohen, who I found, you know, because of the Joe Jorgensen campaign. And then, you know that ultimately led me to Scott Horton. And then I was like, Oh, so that's when all the anti-war stuff started to click for me. Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, Holy shit. Like a lot of this stuff is just blowback from governments. Governments go across the world and they do terrible things. And then terrible people who are inspired by terrible things come back and do terrible things to our country. Well, if we want to live in a prosperous society, we should probably not do those things. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So, so you were like, Little L libertarian until Joe Jorgensen, and then you found some real shit after that. Is that about accurate? Um, I did vote for Gary Johnson in 2016 because it was the first election I was able to vote in. I was 18 in 2012, and the election literally took place on my 18th birthday, so I don't think I would have been able to vote that day. Right. Um, And back then, I probably would have voted uh, Republican anyways, just because I more so consider myself more closer to the right. And still, like, socially, I consider myself more so that way. But I see uh, you riding the line, bro. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I'm well yeah no, no, i know but uh, there's a lot of dude there's a lot yeah. of line to ride i get it mm-hmm. you know so yeah, a lot of overlap a lot of cool people over there too yeah so. yeah and i've had a lot of people uh call me a republican but you know if you look at my twitter dude feed, me see, too that's you, you can't avoid it that's what i'm saying i've been called a republican yeah. infiltrator for the past year of, you know messing with the local party yeah and it's you know, like i said i've never voted for a republican president in my life supporting yeah. ron paul but the guy's a rhino right i mean it's a yeah. libertarian Right. Well, that's hilarious to me because if you literally look at my Twitter or Facebook statuses from the last two years, the only thing I've done, probably to a degree that a lot of people would say, like, hey, you should probably lay off, is go after Republicans. And in my mind, this is because you guys are supposed to be good on some stuff. But when you're not good on the stuff that you claim to be good on, like, what the fuck? I'm going to go for your jugular. And the reason is because I think the audience of the right is more accepting of the libertarian message and especially to trump's credit and i knock him all the time he kind of awakened this anti-war sentiment you know through this populist message on the right so that's why there's so much more a little bit more right for the picking for the libertarian message so when i go after the right it's because i'm attacking the right from the right right i want (laughs) that's a lot of rights that's that's the scott horton way yeah that's what you do exactly so you want to bring these people in either way though 
Sure. So this is actually pretty interesting, dude. I think this is one of those times where, you know, the age gap between us might be able to shed some light on some shit because I agree with you that right now it's obviously way easier to find inroads with the right, mm -hmm. but that wasn't the way it was in 2004. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? These were the guys who were spending all the money leading all the, the, the bad wars, all the drug war shit, all this Patriot Act shit. So the idea that it just can like, dude, this pendulum swings back and forth and tyranny comes in whatever flavor you want it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Be on the lookout for that. Like, yeah, right now, dude, there's cool people on the right and the best people in the Congress, you know, Thomas Massey and, you know, people give Marjorie Taylor Greene a lot of shit, but so far from what I've seen, that chick's saying it's pretty base shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, she goes a little hard on the evangelical stuff for me, but that's a personal opinion. You know, like yeah. I just, you know, fine. I mean, she can talk about whatever she wants, but, uh, I like the stuff she says about, you know, <laughs> she wants to break up the ATF or, you know, the department of education. Mm -hmm. she, I yeah. Don't sign up for the military. She just said. That's pretty mm -hmm. fucking, that's unheard of. 2004 yeah. me would be, that's crazy to hear Republican than Ron Paul saying some shit like that. Right. So what's your kind of thoughts? You mentioned the pendulum swinging back. Um, come 2024 or 2020, you know, the end of this year, the midterms are going to say a lot about the state of the country because I guarantee you it's going to be a hard Republican. All levers that yeah. are going to be pulled are probably going to be for Republicans. And um, I'm sure you've seen Reed and I talk about this a lot, but I think people aren't as cautious as they should be about the right because back to your point in the early 2000s, what was it about video games make you violent? Um, sure. They hate us for our freedom, pro police, pro drug war. And some of them, even Marjorie Taylor Greene, are pro drug war. Yeah. Um, are you at all cautious about this pendulum swinging back to the right? Because like I said, me and Reed are calling it out and some other people are as well. But those, you know, obviously myself and Reed are just kind of the first two to come to mind because me and him stay in touch. No, but I've uh, been really good on this. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think we should be very, very cautious. And yes, Trump awakened a good part of the right. But I think we're also forgetting that these are the same people who didn't want Ron Paul to be their guy in 2008 and 2012. Yeah. These people are also really hawkish on China for based on very, very shaky grounds. And, yeah. you know, that's like one of the world's biggest superpowers. Like, they got nukes. And they're all saying, yeah. oh, Russia's not a problem. Okay, well, the, the only difference is, like, we could end up in war with Russia. I'd say Russia's probably a bigger threat right now than China. But if this wasn't the situation... Uh-oh, I lost you there. All right, I'm hosting the show. <laughs> then I would say, okay, yeah, China. Let's see. Are we good? Yeah, you're, you're back. <laughs> oh, my God, I don't know what that was I got you up to Russia and China. So, no, uh, yeah. yo, I got to hear Scott Horton came to the um, Libertarian Party of Delaware convention a few weeks back, and we got the lowdown on Ukraine and all that stuff. Dude, there... The Republicans are the hawks, man. So yeah, if they're if they do anything, you'd think that they would be doing that they'd be the anti-war party right now, based on the stuff. Yeah, Trump's been okay, and yeah, that's kind of like what the temperament of the 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 conservative voter wants. But dude, there's way more Mitch McConnell's than Thomas Massey's. Way more. They run shit. 
neocons, you know, they're still Lockheed Martin, you know, they, they, that's like a revolving door, you know, like they can't wait. So instead of being like trying to pull back from what Biden is doing, they're not like just there's the same move. Like, Oh, he's being weak on Russia. Yeah. Like that's their, that's their stance. Um, so yeah, that's, and you're right. They are hawkish on China and stuff and all this. They're always trying to escalate, man. That's, that's the trend of the state is to escalate. Right. And like I said, it's just, it's concerning hearing all this hawkishness about China and they always leave out the fact that we largely benefit from this whole deal because all we have to do is print money, right? And then we get stuff. Their standard of living goes down while ours goes up. And also we have to do is just run the printing press. Well, they leave that part out. And I, I, I kind of say this a lot, but I think the China issue and the border issue are kind of like the, the fear mongering for the right. And then racism and the billionaires are the kind of fear mongering for the left where the, the thing is, is that there's truth to all of those, right? But the severity of how true the threats are, are completely different and oftentimes overblown to mobilize people to vote for them and support them. No doubt. I think, um, you know, if we learn the lessons of history that cold wars can be used by the state, both states, right, to clamp down on their own people or to end to drum up support for wars and you know get spending for war machinery and all this bullshit and all this you know escalation and you know build it up build up the machine so yeah dude that has been talk about a long-term trend you know the whole progressive era right um world war one that kicked it off but uh yeah i absolutely think that's a that's a thing yeah dude i got you um so your state delaware you guys had a little bit of issues with your state party, didn't you? Yeah, we had all the issues. <laughs> okay, so yeah, <laughs> I wanted to talk to you specifically about this because um, I knew what happened in New Hampshire, and obviously that kind of made its ripples of the waves. It seems like all that shit's kind of smoothed out now. Um, what was the lowdown with Delaware, and what the hell kind of happened? So I think that this is like a microcosm of what has been happening across a lot of states, but our situation, I think it might've been the worst one as far as like the guys who did ours, you know, they were not, uh, I think that lady and Joe Bishop Henchman who tried to fuck shit up for New Hampshire, they were kind of sloppy and it didn't work. And there was good people <laughs> around and they got that, they got caught really quick and he resigned in shame. But Will McVeigh, um, is a smart guy and he's been here a long time. And instead of being cool, he chose, he's, he's had the keys, let's say for, for a long time. And, uh, his mother, who's the treasurer here has the only keys he didn't have, which was to the bank. Right. Mm -hmm. So technically he's got really all the keys, social media, all the it stuff, all the properties, the blue check is still, he still has that on the social media stuff. Cause Facebook and Twitter are just awful to deal with, but we're, we're working that out. Um, but anyway, he, uh, yeah, he had been here for, I guess, 10 years or so. And, um, he did not like the change that was coming in mm -hmm. and he resisted it and was just awful. Um, in so many ways, dude, throughout all the names that you hear, you know, racist, white supremacist, all Republican, 
Oh man, yeah, that was his favorite. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure that, because he's not gonna get kicked off Facebook for calling us that. Yeah. Um, but again, like I told you, like I've never, I've never voted for a Republican. He kn and that's the thing. Like I think he knows. Like we're not like these are good people, but he doesn't care because that's yeah. how that's how shitty he is. He'll say things he knows not true. Um, so yeah, dude, it was a fucking nightmare. I mean, it took months and months and months, but he just went through his bylaws and he thought that he could maybe execute this coup in the time of four minutes on a discord chat with a couple people that were willing to go along with it and just thought, eh, we'll see if, see if this sticks. And, uh, man, yeah, it took months. We had to go through the judicial committee first. It was like two hearings with the LNC and those people are not all of them, but more than half of them are just pieces of shit. And we just didn't get much from them. And, not, not even much from them. Like no, I mean, like no respect, dude. Some of these people, just <clears throat> fucking scum. I, that's why. Again, I can't wait till Reno. I don't mean to heart, like hash out old shit too much. Yeah. But uh, you know, the time has come. Mm -hmm. It's it's gonna be really cool, dude. But yeah, he um, we got our bank account back. We got uh, a, I guess if you want to call it, um, the acknowledgement from the national committee that we are the libertarian party of delaware but he's still messing with you know like local department of elections shit here and he's like a he's like a troll real life he's like he's got that vermin supreme energy that he just is like fuck everybody burn it down if i can't have it you know like i don't know it could have been cool man all you have to do is be cool to people you know yeah. um and the mises caucus is not any of those things that he says obviously you know you know that and um yeah. yeah he just chose to go that route and then he got ended up getting we just had our convention he got banned from for life from this party wow. so did his mother and the three other people got banned for a couple years and then they, they can come back later but yeah man don't fucking what are the rules right don't hurt people don't take their stuff you took our fucking facebook page you took our money you took you know you tried to take the party <laughs> to the whole thing he wanted to make it like a membership thing like you had to come to him Mm -hmm. and and request to be a member and you know they wanted to like oh uh, uh like see if you were in a caucus like that was one of their questions like before you could mm -hmm. like enter the party so delaware's not big man there's only you know two thousand plus people here that were registered libertarians but he was like no fuck them too like they, they have to all come back come to me pretty uh pretty tyrannical behavior for a 10-year libertarian party member <laughs> um yeah, dude, it was it was bad, but it's it's all good, man. We're we're like I said, we got the funds back, so we're you know helping candidates. We got a guy running for school board, we got a dude running for house seat. Um, so yeah, that's what we're getting into. We're trying to you know get on the fundraising game again and you know do it up. Yeah, wow, holy crap! Yeah, I, I I've heard bad things about Will, but I, I never knew that it, it was to that point and. This has kind of been my question with the uh, Libertarian Party Defense Fund and the Cathedral Caucus. If you guys are so hell-bent on defending the party, what are you defending, right? What? Because the Libertarian Party really hasn't done a lot over the last 50 years. What do you have to show for it? And why are you so willing to die on this hill? Like it, It's pathetic. It, yeah. It's like, really is sad. Your, is your life really that kind of pathetic that a third you know the third biggest political party in the country like by a very 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 distant margin is worth like ruining 
your life over. I... <laughs> what the I hell? I'm pretty sure Kevin Goggin or however you say his last name. Yeah. Out of PA. I'm pretty sure he got banned for life from the PA party too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This is the kind of stuff like, you know how fucking shitty of a libertarian you have to be to get banned by libertarians? Yeah. Dude. You know what I mean? It's like you got to be really, really shitty. And yeah, this stuff is really funny. And it's the true mark of like a loser, loser brigader, dude. If yeah. you, if you, if you're that shitty, or like, look, once they they start losing, instead of being like, "Yo, we'll get you next time in 2024," they're like, "We're gonna start our own political party." Yeah. And Will, Will's done that here. He started like three stupid political parties that actually show up, like Delaware again. It's so, so small, and the laws are so dumb here. Yeah. He set up the uh, the Mandalorian party. That's his thing. So you can be a Mandalorian. It's at the DMV. You can sign up for this party because, again, he did this while he was a libertarian, dude, working actively against the libertarian party. The yeah. Bacon party. I think he set up the Bacon party here a couple years ago. He's just like a manipulator in this system. He just likes to play in bureaucracy and like manipulate it. It's just weird, dude. I don't know. He gives off real awful vibes. And uh, I'm glad he's gone, to be perfectly honest with you. Because now, you know, we can have fertile ground for a healthy environment here. Yeah, dude, that seems to be a a consistent pattern all across the country. And obviously, you saw that here in Pennsylvania. You've seen it in Delaware and New Hampshire. It's a very, very small amount of just assholes, right? Just fucking awful people that have to try and ruin it for everybody. And then you have people who are on the fence, right? I'm sure you know a lot of the people who I'm talking about who are saying, oh, you know, I don't want to join the Libertarian Party because of the drama. It's like the drama is such a small amount of people, but they make a lot of noise. And this is kind of a consistent theme. Um, And even in a good way, you know, you have people who who make a lot of noise in a good way, right? There's only one Dave Smith, but he generates a lot of hype. Mm -hmm. Well, unfortunately, you have Will McVeigh. You have Kevin Goffin, you have right. all of these guys at the Cathedral Caucus that just make a lot of noise, but they don't really do anything, and no. nobody cares about them. The Keystone Party here that they're forming, like eight people like their Facebook page, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, but but it'll probably be on the ballot because that's where these guys thrive mm-hmm. in bureaucracy. So then, instead of that's how much they care about the Libertarian Party, dude. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's so beyond reproach now. That we, we'll, we'll totally subvert it moving forward instead of just trying to work within it. Liber, the Mises Caucus dude failed in 2018. Failed in 2020. You know, it's probably going to have a big win like in 2022. But that's what you do. You know, you keep doing it. Um, so, yeah, they're pathetic. It's awful. Yeah. Uh, and I, it kind of goes to a larger life lesson, at least for me, is that, yeah, you're definitely not going to win them all because, you know, throughout my life – get my ass kicked one after another. But the thing is, is that I kept coming back. Right. And this is kind of what's happened with the Libertarian party as well, or at least the Libertarian party Mises caucus is that, you know, everyone continued to come back. Everyone continued to show up. And now the people who had control of the party, you know, why don't, if this party means so much to you, why don't you guys say, Hey, I don't agree with this leadership. I don't like this leadership, but let's see where it goes. Let's work with these people. And if we really don't like it, then why don't we beat them at their own game? That's yeah. my suggestion. It's because, and this is, you know, Mike Heiss said this months and months ago, and he's talked about it a bunch. These are just, a, this small group is a group of people with bad character. Like, mm-hmm. they're not, it's not about, you know, different ideas. 
You know, that's not what it is. You know, maybe at the surface, but like they're willing to, you know, stoop to subterfuge to like get what they want. And I think I can speak for the Mises Caucus when I say that they, at least we declare openly what we want to do. You know what I mean? And anybody who goes, oh, that's a hostile takeover. It's like, you dumbass. Stop it. It's like, it's like a slogan for like a campaign. The takeover. It's not, you're, you're being an asshole. Again, it's like they know what it is, but they're happy to like twist that for like new people or people that don't know any better, you know? Um, cause yeah, they're dickheads. Yeah. And, and it just serves to weaponize, you know, sometimes good and well-intentioned people against other good and well-intentioned people, but they don't realize that they just, you know, Hey, let's, well, the people who are doing the weaponizing, essentially, they, they do know what they're doing, but the people who are coming into the party and don't really know about the factions, they don't understand that they're once again, bad apples near the tree that want to you know, spoil it for everybody else. Yeah. I think that's one of the techniques that they, you know, use actually is like get, getting there quick. Like during the Joe Jorgensen campaign, that happened quite a bit. You know, like people that would obviously be jazzed up about it. It's campaign season. So you're just going to get an influx of people mm-hmm. and they'll come in and they'll go, how can I help? And then the shitty guys will go, oh yeah, come here, come here. And they'll get promoted to some position really quick so that they can take them in and kind of mold them in their way and go watch out for those racists over there, you know, kind of a technique. Yeah. And it, I definitely saw a lot of that personally. And, and it was kind of funny because there are certain people in my County who you probably know that um, had nice things to say about me. And I was always kind and cordial with them. It never did anything wrong to them. And, you know, just because I like this specific group of the Libertarian party, I'm a terrible person. I'm a racist. I'm an asshole. I'm a Republican. Are you getting some of that where you're at, dude? Yeah. Yeah. See microcosm It's happening everywhere. It's just like varying degrees of how shitty and what people are willing to do about it. That's why I was, when this happened in Delaware, I was like, Mike, you know, they could do this all the way up till Reno. I was talking to Mike Heisman's phone. He's like, nah, man. He's like, there's not too many people that are in, that are as shitty as will in positions of power. I was like, okay, so it's like a numbers game. It's not like, and he made a good point, and, and that's not going to happen. There's not that many Will McVeighs, luckily. Yeah, so uh, I guess to kind of pop the question then, what do you think is going to happen in Reno? Because um, I'm optimistic for the direction of the party, but I do feel like <laughs> that there's going to be a little bit more fight than people are anticipating. But, you know, after that, it's kind of you cut off the head of the serpent, so to speak. And now it's smooth sailing from here, at least what I can make of it. Yeah, that's what I anticipate. And I don't want to go in, you know, just too confident, I guess. But yeah. uh, no, that's what I, I anticipate Pennsylvania, but bigger. Because mm-hmm. I think that's how much the energy is. And I, I think that's, if you look at a graph of the growth from 2017, um, I think I think it's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get everything we want. Yeah, well, uh, I've had Angela on twice now, and uh, the last episode I did with her was a uh, critique with her and Pat McFarland of the GOP paleo route, and uh, a lot of people seem to really like that. And the one I did previous was the uh, paleo and post-libertarian critique of the Libertarian Party, 
And uh, I think there were some good criticisms there to be listened to. And I don't always agree with those guys. But, of course, you know, I don't agree with anybody 100% of the time anyways. You know, obviously everyone has different ideas than me. But, uh, yeah, I'm definitely excited for Reno. I wish I could go. If if I wasn't getting married this year, I would be there. But it's just logistically there's no freaking way. Nope, Uh, I get it. Yeah, dude. Uh, Congratulations, by the way. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. In November, we'll be down Florida, um, you know, celebrating with lots of margaritas and probably lots of steaks. That's the, uh, that's yeah. the idea. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Um, so kind of tailing on there, you started Dave versus Goliath. Um, what was kind of the genesis for starting a podcast and, uh, talking about some of the things you talk about? Yeah, man. So, uh, that was definitely stepping out of my comfort zone and it was I guess brought on by the COVID lockdown stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to play in bands and like, you know, I like to, I would consider myself an artist. I like making memes. I like expressing myself. I like talking a lot, um, you know, with my friends and just hashing out ideas and hashing out philosophy or whatever. Um, but like starting a YouTube channel was never like my, I don't know. I just was like, I don't know. I'm, I see all these other people doing it. I'll watch I felt like a participant more than a, uh, or like a viewer more than a participant, but the COVID thing, man, um, really brought something out of me that was just like, all right, I need to, I felt like shit was just breaking down like regular, and it was, and it has like regular societal norms that I wasn't ready to let go of. Like it, it, I'm right on the line of, uh, Delaware and Pennsylvania here. And, uh, I got lots of friends in PA and for a couple of weeks it was like, Oh yeah, you can't go to, there's nobody going over state lines or they're, they're checking cars at, at state lines and stuff. Like, what the fuck is this? So that's when I, I called Dan, um, my good friend who I've known for, you know, 30 plus years, his kids are my God kids and he lives in PA. And uh, I was like, dude, I feel like I just need to discuss what's going on or would you, and I need a creative outlet and there, you can't fucking leave the house and all this bullshit. And, um, he was like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So I didn't know shit. I, again, we're talking about StreamYard. Like I didn't even know anything about that or going live and stuff. You know, I'd never even had a Twitter page. It was just, you know, social media for me was like Facebook, which was mainly me like yelling into the void. Well, about like whatever, 9-11 truth for years while other people are sharing pictures of their dogs and their whatever, their lunch. Um, but Twitter really changed the game for me. Liberty Twitter is fucking awesome and twitter itself is the thunderdome mm-hmm. you know hashtag elon musk he's gonna i hope he can make this shit fucking even better because i got to twitter after trump was already gone so i'm you know i'm sure it's better has been even better than it is but um yeah that's where you can get a hold of like people who are like shaping the earth on twitter facebook is not that i should have been here years ago but um yeah the podcast dude i just i felt like it was the time, you know, I was ready to start chilling. I had just turned 40, I think in, in lockdown. And I was just like, you know, whatever. It didn't seem like that, whatever the new world order was coming to fruition. Then it's like, boom. Oh, wait a second. It is. And this is just like phase one. We're just like, holy shit. This is the rest of my life. Um, I figured nine 11 was going to be the great fucking, you know, the moment, but this is yeah. equivalent or, or more, you know, depending on how you look at it. Um, they're both just devastating 
devastating economically, um, fucking socially, spiritually. They're just uh, awful. Um, so yeah, that got me off my ass and made me get, you know, just hook my iPhone up. What do I got? What do I got? Zoom. All right, that's free. Cool. Let me try this. Um, and yeah, we've been experimenting, kind of trying to new formats and things over the past year. But uh, yeah, man, it's been really cool. Like lots of cool stuff happens when you take human action, when you stop um, being a viewer and you start becoming a participant, right? Like when you, from day one, it was just like, in fact, I just had Dan Smots on my show the other day. Like I was just, all I had was a promo for my show that I was going to start and he had just gotten kicked off Facebook. So he was, he sent me a message like, Hey, could I get on your show? And you know, we could talk about this, blah, blah, blah. I'm trying to get this message up. And I remember telling my, my co-host Dan, I'm like, yo, this guy thinks we have a real podcast. <laughs> like, this is great. Uh, we must be doing something right. But, um, yeah, but that's how it happens, man. Like now Dan and I are like friends. He has me on all the time co-hosting his show. I had, you know, Spike Cohen on. I got to talk to him. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's awesome. Um, it's helped out. I think maybe get some of the word out with Delaware doing that stuff. Um, Mike Heist, dude. Yeah. It's just like, I like talking to people and I like talking about, I, I guess, I don't know. I was going to say like libertarian stuff, but that's not even it. It's just like, what is, what's affecting us right now? What can we do right now? And I feel like just becoming a small node, a connecting node in this thing is pretty cool. I was saying to dudes yesterday, I'm like, yo, do you know the, if you know Mike Heist, there's only four degrees of separation between you and Elon Musk. You, yeah. Mike Heist, Dave Smith, Joe Rogan, Elon Musk. Yo, the world's getting fucking smaller, bro. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In a weird way. And mm -hmm. uh, it's just cool to like, again, man, I got like a couple hundred likes on my YouTube channel. It's nothing. I'm, we're all, dude, it's a libertarian podcast, right? You're already capping yourself at the knees. Yeah. Nobody's doing this like for, I don't know. It, yeah, it's cool to make money, but I'm just saying like that's, if you want to make money, there's other ways to do it than that. But it feels good. Mm -hmm. there's a reason people pay hundreds of dollars an hour for therapy. You know what I mean? I don't know. I would say start a podcast, you know, talk to cooler yeah. people than whatever and do it for free. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's important, man, when they're trying to shut you up to talk. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was, it's cool. I like, I, I love it. I love, I love having the show. I love, I'm trying really hard to do it once a week and be a regular thing. I was a little bit casual in the beginning. I'm trying real hard to, you know, step up the content and do it regularly. I think that's my next thing. Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of seems to be the key for me. I'm blown away with some of the people I've been able to have on. Um, yeah, I started back in October. So just over six months now, I already have almost 10,000 views and I've had people on, um, I have Rob Wolf on. I tell people this all the time because this is just like such a mind fuck to me. Um, the second time I had him on, he literally says, hey, I'm going to be going on Joe Rogan next week. Just Wait, who did you have on? I missed it. His name was Rob Wolf. He's a uh, uh, health and fitness guy. He wrote the uh, Paleo Diet book. Oh, nice. And, uh, he, he started off like he's real big in CrossFit back in the day. But yeah, literally just casually, yeah, I'm going to be going on Joe Rogan. You know, it's, it's no big deal. He's See? been on there like three times. It, it, it like It's just such a mind fuck. But yeah, you get to connect with cool people like that. And then the other cool thing is that, you know, sometimes you can step out of your realm and you can hear people 
share ideas that you didn't necessarily know that you had in common with some of these people, like Rubble, for example, or even um, I had Mike Isratel on who runs Renaissance Periodization. And um, a lot of these guys in like the health and fitness world, they're very libertarian leaning and they can't wait to talk about this kind of stuff just because there's no platform for them to do it in the fitness world. So that was kind of the goal with my podcast is just kind of give people a different outlet to speak about topics that they don't normally get to talk about. And obviously you just do shit like this or you get yeah. to shoot the shit with good people and talk about, like you said, things that are. Uh-oh. Lost you again. <laughs> Cow. Damn it, cow. Us right now. <laughs> gotcha. We're good. Oh, yeah, my God. Right. I hate my internet. That's this all good, is, buddy. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, but, yeah, it's just cool to get to uh, talk to people from all over the world. I mean, I literally talked to somebody from Australia on Tuesday. So it's like, you know, yeah. we have the greatest technology in the world on our fingertips. And um, oftentimes we just get the, you know, swearing matches on Twitter. But we can also do stuff like this. Dude, I know. And listen, again, as the resident old guy here tonight, that <laughs> is something. If I could go back and tell my 16-year-old self who was like, tr you know, trying to record, you know, your band with your buddy playing drums, guitar, and bass. You got a four-track recorder that fucking cranks out a tape. You know, you probably spent hundreds of dollars on that thing. Like, you can record a symphony on your iPhone. You know what I mean? Yeah. You record a full-on music video with your iPhone. Mm -hmm. um, and you're right. We, we waste time with the bullshit. But, uh... No, that's not lost on me now. Like I, I, I utilize all that shit. GarageBand's fucking beautiful, dude. Yeah. If you got GarageBand on your phone and you know you got all those guitars, get an iRig, get in there and you know it's just fun. Get yeah, in your living room. Oh, yeah. I've been meaning to set up kind of like a little bit more of a recording studio here in my room, so that way uh, I kind of jot down all the ideas I have. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very blessed to play with the musicians I get to play with now. And um, you know, it's, it's just cool to be able to put out music and then obviously put out podcasts with great people like yourself and, uh, you know, spread the message and talk about the things that I want to hear out there in the ether right now. Um, dude, I know you're a little bit tight on time, so I got like two or three questions I ask every single guest yeah, before we get no out doubt. of here. Um, the first one, what does liberty look like to you? Oh, man. And then Kapistan in my head or like what? what's the mission? Like what are we – just whatever liberty looks like to you, man. Whatever answer you think is appropriate. Oh, man. Liberty is just... The freedom to do what you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else. Mm -hmm. That's about as simple as it gets, right? I want, I want every interaction on Earth to be voluntary. And, um, and I want... And I know that it is the destiny of humanity to live and if even if we don't get to see in our lifetime it's worth pursuing that absolutely i 100 percent agree what does health look like to you oh fuck dude i'm not gonna lie to you i haven't done a sit-up since fucking obama was president <laughs> I, I probably <laughs> health is buying the organic section and smoking that good good uh, no, um, health is, dude, listen, stay hydrated and drink good water because most of the water in this country is, is shit. Um, stay on the perimeter at the grocery store, you know, don't go in the center aisles with all the stuff with the smiley faces on the boxes, stick on the perimeter, meats, cheeses, vegetables, fruits. Um, 
Yeah. And get outside and, um, main, you know, be active, but to, yeah, I'm not, a. it'd be more, I got buddies, Stan, my co-host, he's every morning up like you probably crushing it for an hour or two before, before work. I went and hung out with him in DC. He ran like 10 miles before I got out of bed. So yeah, that's what health looks like to me. Dude. Oh, stretching it around 10 o'clock. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude, no. your co-host is a uh, stud. I know. I, I was super chatting or uh, chatting you guys when you had Shane on, and yeah, he's a uh, he definitely looks yeah. like a stud. I could tell. Uh dude, he's always yeah, he's crushing it. Nice, nice, dude. Um, where can everybody find you and check out what you're doing? Yeah, you can find me at uh, Dave for Delaware on Twitter because we're rocking number four account right now. I'm hoping that Elon's going to give me that first one back so I can get. All those followers back. They're tough to come back, dude. Every time it gets rougher. But, um, yeah, you can find Dave versus Goliath on uh, YouTube. That would be the best. Odyssey, Instagram, Facebook, uh, all that good stuff. Nice, man. Well, uh, any closing thoughts? Are you good to go, man? Dude, it's good talking with you, man. And it was really great to meet you. I appreciate the positive vibe. Because, again, I just think we need more of that. And, uh, yeah, just like just everybody should be that way. You know what I mean? Hit people up. Tell them whatever. Yo, man, what's up? I like your show. I'm going to buy you a shot. Be that guy. <laughs> that's what that's what everybody should be on. Well, I was on a uh, podcast recently, and uh, one of the points I hopefully drove home well enough was that uh, the movement needs more happy warriors. So I hope that I can kind of embody the behaviors I want to see in the movement because um, – you know, what the hell is a fight for liberty if we're not happy and enjoying it? You know, what are we offering people? We have to offer people, you know, the pursuit of happiness is um, the person who Shaw was on was kind of saying it's the pursuit of happiness. We have to offer people that. This is happiness. And that's what Larry Sharp always tells people. And he's, if not the best, one of the best libertarians out there right now. I, I cannot say enough good things about Larry Sharp. But when he says that, that he's selling happiness spot on and that's what we need to do for more people dude absolutely if they take away our ability to laugh and have fun they won mm -hmm. so 100 we need to keep that for sure for sure dude all right dude this is an awesome show and um yeah once again everybody can find you at uh dave for delaware i know you get nuked on twitter about every other week so. yeah <laughs> yeah um, pray for me i want that original one back say a little prayer for me Even yeah we're going to uh, all have to hashtag Elon tell him, uh, you know, pray for Dave for Delaware. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Have a good one, Kyle. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.